0: Hello, dear friends, and welcome to The Great Day Podcast. I am your friend and host, Mayor Kay, and I am very excited that you are here with me, and we are about to go out into the realm of spirituality and growth with the one and only Ralph Pinson, who is a well-renowned, internationally-known rabbi, scholar, author, teacher, and spiritual mentor for many a master of both the revealed and hidden aspects of the Torah. Through his books, lectures, and seminars, he has touched and inspired the lives of thousands around the world, including myself, and continues to serve as a mentor to many thousands of people of students across the globe who tune into his online classes and courses. Mark Pinson has authored over 50 groundbreaking books, many of which have been translated into multiple languages, such as German, Spanish, Russian, Portuguese, so on. And he's also the Rush Kolel of the Ion Yeshiva Kolel. I enjoy myself immensely speaking to Rav Pinson. I've been a fan of his work, of his books, of his farm before reaching out to him. And after reading and being inspired by his teachings and the way he you know, distills some very, very deep concepts in a beautiful manner, I said I had to. To speak to this man. I just had to go and have a conversation with him. There was so many ways this conversation has gone. And, and I hope to have a part two at some point with Rob Pinson because there's so much, there's a wealth of knowledge that he knows. And uh, it was really great to just uh, pick his brain and to discuss uh, a couple of the topics, which I'm very excited to share with you on this episode. So thank you for being here. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast with Rob Dobert Pinson. Robert Pinson, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you. My pleasure. I, um, first off, before we jump into the, the Kabbalah and the Chassidus and all the very deep ideas and concepts, which I'm very, very excited to speak to you about, an author of over 50 books, um, I do have regards from your uh, overnight camp counselor. Oh, your father? My father! Ah, that's <laughs> Very true. good. Very good. Yeah. He was my, my first uh, counselor. He was your first counselor. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How is that's amazing? That you never forget your first. No, you never um, forget your first. He was my
1: first counselor, him and Nachum Shapiro.
0: That's it. That's right. You were what, eight, nine in my yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine years old. How was that? Do you remember? How you get a good, good memory? Of course I remember.
1: What do you? I remember very well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. How was he as a, as a counselor?
1: He was a very nice guy, by the way. I don't know how, how he turned out, but then he was a very nice guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's been consistent. The like final line, only gotten better right. over time.
1: He was very nice. I have wow.
0: Ah, Vh, yeah, Vh. Also, so we we share that too. We're both Camp. Thanks so much for alumni. You and I, very dedicated. Um, yeah, committed to that one. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, he also just and you didn't ask, but I'll just I'll just gift the that he would say you you're a great count, great grandpa, great camper. Yeah. So um sending regards in that way. What really um what really took me to reach out to you was that recently I've gotten hooked on uh one of your series, which is uh the spiral of time, specifically a book around the the energy and the insights of every single month. So every single month there is a uh you, you and you go on and you break down the energy of the month in different ways, the weekly Torah portion, the sign, the the body part, a letter so intricate, so detailed. I never even knew that there were connections between that. Um, And it's been something that's really brought a lot lot of gift into my my life. I'm curious to know, you have 50 books on a various amount of topics. How do you go about deciding which topic you want to go ahead and start writing about?
1: Um, So that's a very good question. So first of all, I would say two things. First of all, I never write one book at a time. So I'm not writing a particular book now either. Um, and so there's a lot of different files that are open. A lot of different ideas that are open. And I really try to tackle ideas. I really write for myself, if you really want to be honest, if I should be honest.
0: Please be honest throughout the whole yeah. podcast.
1: Yeah. Afterwards, so I do care. What I'm saying is, what I, what I mean is, I need, I want to, if I need to understand something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I like to go into the topic, try to, try to understand it, clarify it. So usually the way I clarify things would be through writing it and defining it, giving it structure, and eventually after going through the topic, well, there's already a skeleton of a, of a book. So if I'm really passionate about this idea, I'll just continue finishing it up and writing it as a, finishing it as a book. So whatever is interesting to me, any topic that I feel like I need to, you know, when my daughter got married, I wrote a book on 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 uh, weddings. When my son became bar mitzvah, I wrote a book about tefillin. When well, my son had a bris, so I wanted to write a book on a bris. My mother passed away. I wrote a book on Kaddish. So it's really what I'm thinking about and then trying to delve deeper to understand this the structure and the entire idea. And then I put my notes together and then eventually I publish it.
0: So back in 2011, you want to reclaim yourself. Is that what was going on in 2011 to, for the, what seems like your, mo- I mean, they're all self development in their own way, but I feel like that has a very specific message of self discovery.
1: It was about, yes, it was, but it, the topic, like the underlying topic is about shuva. And at that period of time, it's about, you know, 10 years ago, but there was, um, I think it was the beginning of the time period where there was, people were, I don't know if YouTube was that, was was then around, was 10 years ago,
0: social media. It, just kicking off. It was just kicking off.
1: Yeah. Things That's were around. just kicking off at that time. Yeah. yeah. And the people were sprouting a lot of like strange ideas about. About Judaism and about transformation, a lot of things seem to be very like jubu things. People saying that they're Jewish, but they're really it's really another form of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of this conversation, and I felt like something has to be written for myself to understand as well, and then to be written to really explain like higher levels of consciousness and higher levels of development in a real anchored context within Yiddishkeit, like really taking taking the real sources. From Kabbalah, Chassidus, but from all Jewish sources and all the classic Jewish sources, going back, you know, the Gemara and all this in the Rishayim, and really this teasing out the real understanding of this process to make it uh, make it accessible. Um, At that period of time, it was very, uh, was very, I guess, always relevant. But that period of time, it felt like there
0: was a lot of conversation about that. Hmm. That's, I mean, that's 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 amazing. Did you? I'm curious to know, like, when it comes to, like, the the discipline around it, is it a specific time of day that you sit down and write? Is it um, whenever you feel like it? And um, and how do you know when a book is ready to be published? How do you know it's done? To answer the last question, you never know it's done. That's, that's the, uh,
1: so thank God I always have um, the Hebrew of the books. So when I publish something, I always have in my mind that it's not totally done. And anything that I want to add, I'll add to my Hebrew when I write it as a safer. So it's never done. There's no time and period. That I'll say, okay, it's done. Um, so that's it. Right. That's, because,
0: I mean, these topics are massive. Shubha, correct. You no. Know, and, and correct. You, I mean, right. So.
1: Correct. You have to. So you where, have to where's that
0: you... moment where you say, okay, I, I covered it enough that there's a full message here
1: so so you develop you well, the way I, I would do it is i would uh, you would you would divide in different topics like let's say it's different chapters these are the main chapters you want these are the main ideas you want to want to talk about you would have to think before you even write it like what is let's say you're talking about guilt or shame like what is the what is the message what do you want to say what yeah. are the sources saying how could you develop and how can you write this in a clear way and once you feel like that, that is sort of given out maybe you don't have every single source and don't you have every single idea eventually you just have to let it go. Otherwise you'll you'll never end the book. Um so I think that's that's important. There's a there's uh a, a you don't you don't have to wait for something to be complete in order to release it. I think mm. when you feel it's complete enough, it's good it's a good time to release
0: wow so was not was was perfectionism ever a a, a challenge for you or are you just yeah perfectionism
1: unexpected? perfectionism is the challenge because when you're trying to get something perfect it's never perfect and if you're if you're if you're a perfectionist you'll never end up writing anything um, right. you can't release anything
0: so was that a natural was that a hurdle you had to go through and naturally you just don't you don't have to deal with that as a, as a creative as an artist that's very as, interesting
1: because like the first i'm really an all-tire so to write, to write english is <laughs> really the show
0: right. notes will explain what a lituric is exactly you know. <laughs> so
1: basically i didn't really learn how to write english and you know this is not this is not my natural language to write in um so you this wrote, you're this hebrew yeah hebrew i can hebrew. write hebrew it's much easier for me so when i wrote my first book it's a fu- it's a funny story actually i wrote my first book was on reincarnation um and that also has a history why i wrote the book but i wrote this book. And I really wrote it as notes because I thought that's the way you submit a book to a publisher and they'll, they'll edit. And I just wrote notes and I wrote dot, dot, dot. This is the idea. Fill it out. This is the yeah. idea. Fill it out. And uh, it was returned to me. This was Jason Aronson. This was like a big Jewish publisher at that time that was around. And he returns to me with dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, I told the editor, that's not, that's not a sentence. It's, I just wrote, you should fill out the sentence. Says No, we don't do that. We just help you write it. like, I don't know how to write. Uh, um, Wow. So I have to rewrite it in my own way. And my idea was maybe it's not going to be written on the highest level, but I need to get this idea ideas out. And so long as it reads good enough and there's not going to be any major grammar and issues, but the the concepts will be delivered. And maybe it's not going to read like a novel, but it'll it'll read good enough. I'm going to put it out. And uh, I was, that was, I was forced to do that. I was forced to put out something that was, that in terms of its, its writing is, is a very low level of writing, but ideas are there. Ideas are there. Wow. So I realized that you have to put out the idea and hopefully uh, other people will uh, assimilate in the correct way.
0: And I think you really, you mentioned something that's important was that you, you had this urge, like this need to have, get it out of you. Like you had this bubbling inside you and you needed it out, which correct. I think, needs to like i heard this recently from another author ryan holiday he's a big stoic philosopher and he also like he was talking about how like he has friends who loved writing but they went into like into investments like he needs to write being that he loves writing it's the journey where most people get stuck and they stop and they push off it's like they love he, he loves doing it it's more similar to you it's like you have this idea you just need to share it, you have to get it out of you that in itself is the passion to keep showing up to, to do the writing it's 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 a means to an end to right.
1: It's, it's also, there's another thing, when a person is a creative person, when a person is, a, you know, someone that thinks, I think this is in general, if, you're, if you don't release it, it could be through words or through speech, but if you don't release the idea, it still percolates in your head and doesn't allow you to move to the next idea. So, so long as I'm stuck in one idea, I can't think about other things, so I need to get it out. And once I get it out, I, I feel very free. And mm-hmm. It feels like freeing. It feels like I let it go, and now I can yeah. think
0: about something else. so, so it's... Really, yeah, I feel I feel that way with video ideas too. Sometimes I have a I have a video idea. I just need to do it just to get it right. out, and then the yeah, other like the creativity is being blocked by this until I like, right. produce this thing. It's yeah, it's birth. Yeah, and so that's. Do you have a favorite? A favorite book? One that you, if not, love right now? Funny. But always it, go I'm back gonna tell to you something
1: it. very funny. None, I no, I don't know. No, I don't have any favorite books. In fact. Once I release the book, once I write it, I don't own it anymore. It's not me. I, I don't have a real relationship with the book anymore. Longer, I feel like it's not owned by me anymore. So there's something about releasing it and giving it out to other people, and people like sometimes repeat things to me that I've written, and they say, "Oh, you said you wrote this," and I'm like, "That's a very interesting idea," I would say, even though I created that idea. But and it's not a it's not a it's not a place of arrogance. It's almost like I'm surprised by that idea because when I, when you release something, if you do like in, in, a, in, a, in a holy, hopefully in, in a holy in humble way, it's not owned by you anymore. So, right, it's I, I don't have any t- attachment to
0: it. It's like it's fine either way. So you were that you you're saying you're the channel. You are just happy to be the channel Correct. for this particular day that Correct. that God Correct. wanted to bring this into the world.
1: Correct. Correct. That's a really great
0: way to deal with haters. You know, if you get some criticism for that book, it's like it wasn't me. <laughs> don't wow, interesting. Well, Why were they? Probably,
1: you know, like <laughs> the good things come from Hashem. The, you know, the not such good things maybe comes from the ego. Yeah, but if you're writing on that level, it's, it's, it's coming through. Whatever. I mean, yeah, Hashem blessed you with a certain amount of seichel to understand and a certain amount of intelligence to understand to put the, together. But once it's given out, it belongs to the tzibur, belongs to the cloud, belongs to the, to the collective. It's no longer about you. Right, right. I think if a person is very artistic, I think it's the same way with music and same thing with any type of art. It's not. It's the music has to come through you, or the art has to come through you. So therefore, you can't say I'm. You're attached to a particular thing. You know, some things took longer, took shorter, was harder to put out, easier to put out. But ultimately, it's not about you.
0: It's not. But how do you stay? And for myself, this is because this could be for my own being. Is that I find that I. That I need to, when I'm in a good place, when I'm clear, yeah. when I'm an open channel, when I'm working on myself, yeah. Then there's space for creativity. Creativity for me can can't thrive when I'm depressed or sad right. or anxious. Correct. Right. Um, you're dealing with topics as well that are very sensitive, very spiritual. They're not with me with video. Yes, they're ideas, but sometimes they're very drawn to this physical world. You know, there's props and right. there's actors, where you're bringing down words and concepts. And I feel like there it takes even perhaps even a more of a sensitivity of working on oneself to be an open channel to receive these new insights. I wonder what is, you, what is it that you do and how do you maintain that open vessel for yourself to be able to stay in this flow of giving and receiving?
1: I mean, I think a person should be like this and every person should be this way. Every person is creating in a certain way. Every person is giving out something to this world. There's a certain quality that, that they're projecting into their world. And like we say in the beginning of the, of Nasa, the beginning of prayers, we say, Hashem, open my mouth and let me become a vessel through which your words should speak. A person has to really feel like they're just a conduit. And the moment the ego gets involved, then it could be a person who can have all the types of thoughts and therefore a person can be depressed and a bad one, a, bad, a good state. It's not really relevant about you. If you really feel like that something has to come through you, then it has to come through you. And you just put yourself in a sub. Put yourself aside. And it's much bigger than you. So therefore you get your get your ego and your yourself out of the way.
0: But are there other physical? Is there is there a routine? Is there a physical thing uh, perhaps something you study or a ritual that you do or spend time that that can help one someone who does it to to open themselves more, to feel get a little more sensitive, to feel more connected to themselves, their higher self, aka God? Right.
1: So I mean first of all. I would never start writing before I die before I pray in the morning. I would, I would, I would never do that. That that's like, it's, it's, it's to me, that's the first thing that a person should do is should, they should, should, they should connect whether you're learning something or something, but not, not to give out, not to project. But I think even when a person's a lot of, a lot of that, you know, when a person's engaged in life, there's a, there's idea of that a person always has to live with the state of, of the vacancy of state of connectivity. And, and the teachings of Shantav, this idea of Torah learning Torah for its own sake being connected is that when, when you're uh, certainly if you're learning, so it works, It works more when you're engaged with your intellect, when you're engaged with your intellect and you're very much involved in your head, you have to pause at certain times and make sure that to understand like, what am I doing? Like, what's the point here? Am I just trying to figure out another scientific, uh, explanation for something or is this, is, this a, is this another type of philosophical construct or what I'm really trying to do is being connected to a higher source, be connected to something that's larger, really connecting to something that's higher. So, so pausing while you're engaged, it's sort of like fasting while you're eating is always a very big spiritual practice um, that to refocus you and to make sure that you're, you're doing this in the correct manner. But I think just mm-hmm. just the life anytime you get, anytime you get, get stuck in your own, in your day-to-day life, Whatever you're doing, if you can pause for five seconds and say, "Like, what am I really doing? Like, what's my purpose here? Why am I doing this? For whom I bring this out?" And then to really be connected to something that's higher, to be connected to God, I think that's that makes that makes life to be more that you become more a channel as opposed to just a receiver.
0: Yeah, and I think we we saw that on a global scale with the with the big pause that happened in COVID. A lot of change happened. A lot of people took right. a moment. They were forced to take a moment. To so like realize, wait, why am I in this relationship? Why am I in this job? Correct. Why am I live in this place? And, you, and what you're saying, which I love, is to you could take that and have to wait to a pandemic to hit, but to do that in our day-to-day life. To like, wait, why am I finding myself in this position? Yeah. Yeah, I
1: think I think pausing throughout life is a very important thing. This this idea of like self-reflecting throughout the day, especially when you find yourself very much engaged, and especially when you find yourself in a very good place, I would even say like you're feeling really creative and it's, this is really working out. Let's say you're making a video and you're feeling everything's coming together, even in that moments, because sometimes the ego can get involved and that, in those moments to say, sure, wait a second, what am I doing? Okay. Let me get back to it. So mm. trying to always reconnect is something important throughout today.
0: The, the ego is so insidious and so, and so tricky. Um, it's, it's and very clever um, and spiritual. I, how do you, when, when, and spiritual, I say that again because people are like, well, how could the ego be spiritual? And maybe you could talk more about that, but how, what is a good way? Because it's been some of my work myself now to be keep, to chip away at it, the chip, chip, chip. I don't know if it'll ever be gone, um, hashtag betany, but I think what's the, yeah, what are some easy tools, uh, easy, what are some tools to right. work on that ego and to and to see it and name I th- I it think, and then chip a big, away at it?
1: A big- Right, I think, I think it's important to understand that the ego is not meant to be broken. And the, the Kotzka Rebbe once said, of a great Hasidic master once said that <laughs> when you break your ego, when you break your, Yitzhar, your ego, you get two negativities. You become arrogant and you still have it. Because <laughs> it doesn't disappear. Mm-hmm. Your ego never disappears. A, a plant has an ego. Uh, this, the, 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 every single thing that exists that's surviving in order for it to survive, it has to have some center self some sense of self that draws a, a you know a tree bending to light is the ego of the tree receiving our tr- nourishment. So the, the ego is basically our, our Constitution The question what we have to do with our ego is not about breaking the ego, but it's about making it transparent and that's a very different different we have to language it differently we're not trying to break the self we're trying to enlarge in ourselves. So what that means is if I have a certain sense of like being me in this world, being me in this world means using my particular talents and my particular, you know, proclivities and ways of thinking, just my whole being, being in this world, is it just self-serving? Then it becomes just about this egoic self, or am I serving the greater good of, of creation in this process of being self? And when you do that, it's not you're you're not breaking your ego, but you're actually um making it uh, transcendent or making it uh, transparent um i'll give you like a very simple way of defining that if if it's about me or you then it's my ego but if it could be me and you then it's the transparency of ego which means that we're all collectively have to there's, there's an intention of this creation the person is reason why this world is created and the intention of this creation in, in the big fancy words is like, you know, should be revealed in this world. But that actually means in, in like in our own personal life, it means that we should be fully ourselves. That's what it actually really means on the full level of self, on our physical level, on our emotional level, on the mental level, mm. on our spiritual level, when we're fully being self in its fullest manifestation, we're drawing down Hashem's presence in this world through me. I'm the, I become the particular, the, 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 the finite medium through which the infinite is being expressed. And it's not at the expense of another person. It's they're expressing their own individuality through their own their own way. So I think the the idea of thinking about what what we're trying to do with our ego, I think trying to break our ego, is always a negative thing. Nothing, nothing you don't gain anything. It's, it's it's an impossibility. It's like the self science destruct itself. It's like the eye trying to look at itself. You are yourself. You can't destroy yourself. By definition, what you could do is working working and with an understanding that you actually also have a deeper level of yourself which is a part of the transcendence which is part of infinite and part of one and how do we like merge these two levels of ourselves the infinite part of ourselves which is transcendent with the finer part of ourselves or the, the ego part of ourselves which is just about survival
0: and that's really and that's wow that is that's that's an interesting insight because that and that's so difficult i, I believe uh, you need so much. One needs a lot of self-assessment and awareness because anytime you do something great and accomplishing, then the ego kicks in, or the ego goes down. Then it's always wherever you are. That's where it is.
1: Correct. So that's why you have to stop thinking about yourself. You're thinking about what you have to. That's why. That's why it's important, especially if creative people, that when you release something, don't own it anymore. Because if you own it, then it's an attachment to your ego. If you really did it for the service of of of, of of the world and for, for the betterment of creation if that's what the, the intention is then it's not you you were just the medium through which that thing came became revealed so what do you if someone let's say says you know by the way you didn't i don't let's say you do videos let's say if someone says by the way mayor you did an amazing video it was so inspiring and you feel good about yourself that's terrible it's mm-hmm. terrible because that, then it's about you but if you if someone says i fell in fell i felt inspired by it that's great that's exactly what you want to hear Mm-hmm. The moment it's a compliment to you. What is it? What doesn't it get to me? What is it relevant to me? I, I, I just I was just meeting through which thing came through,
0: right? And isn't there a space in that to also like like receive the the thing the the compliment because it takes a lot for a person oh, to show up to else. life no 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 and, and follow through no no you know? no,
1: no you absolutely absolutely, but that's not because of you that's because of them. In other words, when you receive a compliment from another person, you're doing them a favor, not yourself. Remember that. You're allowing them to. To approach you and to show their gratitude towards you and that's a very important thing to be open to the other person to allow them to be that, but the question is, are you taking it personal. Mm, for
0: yourself right. or you're doing it for
1: them, you have yeah. to allow other people to compliment you otherwise that's just
0: being very stoic and the opposite of what life is right right I hear that. Um, that's well. So it's interesting. So the goal is not to, to, to eradicate the ego or break the ego, but rather to. Um,
1: no, you can't. It's, it's, right. it's like. which, which is impossible. It but it's like a hammer trying to break itself. What do you mean? Why? It's
0: Sadiq still has an ego?
1: Of course. It's the holy a holy ego.
0: righteous person? Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. A holy ego. That's completely.
0: I, when expensive. I think of ego, I think of I think in a negative term. It's like it's there right. to, it's separate. It's separate from. Right.
1: You're, you're thinking about ego as a you versus me. a versus my ego is in contrast to your ego so therefore that's a negative thing it's a a world of separation in the world of separation every ego is for himself everyone's fighting for himself that's what the ego is but in the the transparency of ego we're all selves that are expressing something that's larger than the self so
0: then how do Mm-hmm. So when it comes to serving God, you know, I wake up. I say, I want to serve God. I want to, I you know, align my will with yours. Yeah. Is isn't there some sort of? I mean, for me, and to yeah. be honest, like I want that because I I've come to realize that when I don't, my life is pretty. You know, it gets pretty hectic and and crappy. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's really out of my own selfish reasons. I'm like, yo, show me the way, guide me, let me know, so I can have more peace in my life and okay. more, more focus. Um, so, hey, I don't know, is that is that, is that wrong, perhaps? that no, it's not and-
1: wrong. It's just the first level of spirituality. You're doing it for your Ouch. own. Okay. Game, okay. Which yeah, is fine. Right. By the way, yeah. it's better than not doing it. The, the option <laughs> yeah. is a person so, that have no connection. The yeah, person but- saying is, that's that's shema. That's like for the intention of some type of gratification, which is okay, of course, because a lot of times people do that for that. But ultimately, you're going to realize... You do it for yourself because it makes you feel better, feels more connected. And ultimately it's going you're gonna be doing it because, because just like the tree trees, mayor is mayoring. Because the infinite light has to come through the tree and has to come through you. And that's the transparency of the ego. But it's the fullness of self, not the absence of self.
0: Right. So when you're when you're so connected with yourself and you really get to your essence, so you bypass the ego right now is saying this is why you want to do it, but when you bypass that. You realize, no, it's actually my essence, and this correct. is what I am. This, this is how, this is how these are the gifts, and this is how God, this is how God speaks into, through me to this world, correct? From a very honest way. Think about your
1: deep, the, the, the deepest name of the soul is called Ychidah, right? Yechida, Yechida, which means in Hebrew means your really literally means your uniqueness. So your uniqueness is not your absence of uniqueness; it's actually your particular uniqueness. Is Yichidalia my particularity to the particularity of God? That the infinite is, is the infinite light needs to be re- wants to, no, need, wants to be revealed in the finitude of creation, and I am the finite expression of the infinite light, and therefore I need to be full self on a physical, emotional, spiritual, mental level, in order for me to be revealing this presence of, of divine presence within my life. And it just flows through me. Everything is just flowing through me, like a tree, or like an animal, like anything. I just have choice. The human being has choice whether we, we align
0: ourselves with that that light, or we disconnect um, Would mm, that's that's good i do have a question on that before i jump into that what are you talking about ego and 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 being aligned with with the higher purpose of ourself and what you know god would want from us to do and how do how we could show up that way how do we defend differentiate between what god is telling us like how do we know within ourselves is this coming from a place of like an analytic ego or a higher self like how how what are some how can we guidelines? tell
1: that, huh? What are the guidelines to know? The
0: guidelines, yeah, 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 yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. It's
1: tricky, but I would say the the, the 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 higher voice is always going to be um, optimistic, hopeful, pushing forward, developing. Yes, that's going to be the voice of 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 the divine or the boss call like so we'll call like you know the, the 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 echo of the divine which is coming from a deeper place and would every you say that's, that's intuition
0: that's, is that intuition would you say intuition uh, is god it's not god it's it's coming how from god, god. maybe speak i'm saying how maybe perhaps our higher correct. some of level of intuition
1: correct every intuition that's forward that's prog- that's progress that's moving us forward that's telling us yes that's saying thing there's, there's a possibility that we could do it is a positive voice. Every voice that we hear that tells us it's impossible. You're not going to do it. You're a failure. And it's not going to work out is a negative voice. Sometimes you can hear a voice and it sounds so real to you. There's a story in the Talmud that speaks about Acher, this, this character that heard, that heard a voice, a heavenly voice that said, everyone could do chuvah besides him. Everyone can return. Everyone can change their life besides him. And the Baal Shem said, this said, is, this, is this is a baskal of klipa. This is like a negative, a holy voice of the other, of the other side. Because if a voice says you can't, that's negative. Every positive, every holy voice... Hashem is... Let's, let's, let's try to go the, to understand it a little deeper. Hashem is the creator. The one, the one thing that we can define by God, the one definition we can say, at least in our, in our estimation, whether we understand Hashem, God is, is the creator of life, which means the creator is the giver. Anything that's, that's in the creative process, in the giving process, in the furthering process, is a positive voice. Everything that's in the destructive process... And the voice that says stop and says you can't do it and destroy and hurt
0: is a negative voice. Mm -hmm. Right, that's that's a beautiful way of putting it. But what about the what about the natural? You know, this is gonna be a stupid example, but like you know, I I jumped jumped off a cliff. You know, it was it was forty feet, fifty feet up in in Costa Rica. Before I jumped off this cliff, my body was like, "Don't do it." Fear, fear, you know, was was telling, "Don't do this." Danger, danger, danger. But then I was the I was like, "No." I got to face my fears and jump because I have to face them. And I jumped and I popped my shoulder out, you know, and <laughs> injured myself pretty bad. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe talking, you don't, maybe I don't have to always fate. Like maybe there's a reason why there's a fear there. There's the reason why there's a no there. So and now I'm getting a little nuanced. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to push it back a little further. How do we know when that, that no-
1: voice of no, by the way, that voice of no is really, yeah. You're saying it is a no because you're like a daredevil and want to jump off cliffs, right? But that voice, which is your your body instincts, which is very visceral and real and 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 deep, knows that this thing for you is yes to preserve my health. I should not do this. So it's actually a voice (laughs) of yes, not a voice of no. So I think yes, you have to again. It's fine. It's 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 hard to discern. You have to remember how we're discerning this. But it's always the voice of yes which is the correct voice now yes can mean yes to your health and don't jump off a cliff and yes can mean push yourself further and you can able you get able to do it and i think i think uh with regards to our body our body pretty much knows there's a lot of wisdom in the body so when our body tells us something we should not do it we should probably
0: not do it that's true um i i, I do generally agree with you and i do agree with you with that i i wonder and this is i mean the work i've been having to do is to get re really in touch with my my intuition right and and i, I we know this through psycholo- psychology that uh, i'm not a psychologist uh but through the books i've read uh that a lot of this ha- a separation takes place where we don't like trust ourselves or we, or we you know as kids right. caregivers or whatnot put doubt in us, they say no, and they don't give us that space of like, oh, my body's feeling something, we get disconnected, and we get confused, and we can't make decisions anymore, we get right. indecisive, because we're not listening to that a voice, and there's a lot of blockages right. there. Um, is there a Torah perspective to to explain what, uh, A, why that separation happens uh, between us and our intuition, and ways for us to reconnect with it?
1: Um, yeah, there yeah, this certainly is. Um, one of the things that, for example, in um, Reb Khaim Vital, who was a student of the IRE, wrote a book called Shari Kedusha, The Gates of Holiness. <clears throat> and he talks about this, the question that he has. He doesn't, ask, he doesn't frame it as a question. But the question is, if every soul is really rooted in the divine, in the infinite, which means that every soul is really connected to the source of all life, the source of all knowing, why don't we know everything? Why don't we have a, this like higher intuition? Why are we not prophets? Essentially, that's his question. And, the, and his answer is basically that there are four elements, which this is like a very ancient way of thinking about the world, but it has, has resonance even today. There are four basic properties, um, which is fire, wind, earth, and water. And he says they correspond to like certain traits. And the the properties of the world, these, these traits, he gives an example, let's say fire is arrogance or anger or water is insatiability, or uh, wind is scatteredness, and uh, earth is depression and laziness. So he's, and this the altar ever also in in the first chapter. So the, the, this, these ideas is that if, if we can overcome those four tendencies of, let's say, arrogance and scatteredness and insatiability and depression, and, that, and that, that, that's not easy. But if you can overcome these, these four basic elements, so you strip yourself of the properties of the world, which is the world in Hebrew comes to the world like something that's concealing, and it allows yourself to be open to the, to the level of your soul to have higher intuition. So arrogance stands in the way of intuition, anger stands in the way of the intuition, insatiability stands in the way of this higher intuition. Um, constantly, constantly being scattered brain that you can't, you can't focus and you don't have, you know, you don't have a way to settle your mind, You're not, not having Ishavada settle settle consciousness. Is a way that's settled. being depressed or being down or being lazy so these are these are the reasons why something is not coming through there's 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 reasons why they, this slide is not coming through so we're saying if a person is really uh going to live a, a very joyful and 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 humble and focused and dedicated life they're going to be more in touch with their higher intuition that's absolutely true and a person that doesn't the, the intuition will come through but because it'll be muddied through so many screens of the of of your ego and of your, of arrogance and, and, and depression, all these these negativities, the time it reaches your consciousness, it's gonna be so conflicting and 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 not clear exactly what you should be doing that it might as well not even have it. So it's just gonna be
0: confusing. Right, well, got that. Very good. Yeah. And so then that and then it goes back to what we're saying keeping that vessel open and clean is and right. and to be clear is by doing that doing that work. Correct. Right. Staying humble, keeping joyous. Correct. Um and slowly get in touch and removing the screen so we could be hear that intuitive voice within us. Correct. Right. Wow. So is is what's your intuition telling you these days about yourself or what your a project perhaps you're working on? What what are you moving towards?
1: Um I don't like talking about myself, by the way, because I'm so it's it's a very funny question. I'm not gonna answer that question. What are they you about? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever I am, I'm into. What are you into? I mean, people are into their own things. Whatever, has you have to do your thing. You have to do you.
0: Right. So, how how do you? What's you? Is it beyond beyond the books? Is is it is it learning? Yeah,
1: I I mean, most of the day I sit and learn. That's what I do. I mean, I sit a long time. That's
0: what I do. That's amazing. When you were nine years old in Guys from Montreal overnight camp, yeah. Did did you sort of see yourself at this position, like writing so many books and?
1: um absolutely not no absolutely not no of course not um i was a nine-year-old boy that's when you're nine you're supposed to be nine you're not supposed to be 25
0: totally so at 25 what happened at 25
1: but i want to i want to tell you very something very quickly what i'm trying to say is that that if you if you do there's something that's called cottonless and godless constricted small state and godless is a big state Every child has to do cotinous very well. They have to be mischievous. They have to do children. A child has to be a child very well. The, the, a, a, a child, the parent that allows a child to be a child well is going to be an adult, a healthy adult. If you don't allow a child to have cotinous, they're not going to have godless. In comparison to their cotinous and they're constricted, a small state, well, they have a bigger godless. So whatever state you're in in your life, you have to do that to its maximum potential, whatever you are. So that's 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 first of all. So nine-year-olds should be thinking about what should be doing when, they, when they're nine years old. Probably, you know, jumping on the walls, maybe a little Probably. learning, but they should be doing that, um,
0: right? So so low-key message to parents: not to rush the the growing up process. Let, no, because let, no, them, let, let them, the, them let children be, be children. messy. Let it, yeah, yeah,
1: yes, and that's the way they're going to be healthy adults. They're not going to be good healthy children. Not going to be healthy adults
0: you think 13 year olds today should be considered as men and 12 year old as women, or is that, that pushed, you know, with inflation, should it be like now 18, 19?
1: I don't know. Every per there's no, there's no rule. I mean, you know, some, some people are 35 and haven't grown up and uh, right. whatever, 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 you know, you have to be real to yourself.
0: All right. Why are you looking ever. at me? I feel like you're looking at me right now. Like I'm not, I am it? looking at you. Nice. We. Fair enough. So nine years old, you didn't think so. Um, you you were being a nine year old, VH, yes. um, as as it should be. Where was this? Uh, I don't know if you had any like sort of idea or dreams that you wanted, whether it was business or something. You know something particular. I'm um, curious to know if it was. But when was there a moment where you figured like, do you want to dedicate your time to this type of deep understanding, growth, Torah, writing, Kabbalah? Like you know, safe to say you're a Kabbalist. So um, it's a very unique. You know, the, uh, yeah, profession.
1: So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just life. I don't know if it's a profession, but um, life. fair. I love to learn. When I started learning, I loved to learn. I was a very serious learner.
0: Are you frozen? No, I'm. I'm just. Mm-mm. No I'm keep... contemplating. Okay.
1: So. Um, I was a big learner in yeshiva. I, I learned, you know, pretty much all, the whole day. Um, but mostly, you know, and but mostly nigla, mostly like Tama Gemara. That's what we did, you know, then 80% of the day. And an interesting story how this happened actually goes back to Singapore.
0: Yes, Singapore, right. So okay, before we start this conversation, what
1: happened I... was, yeah, I'm going to bring it back to Singapore. What happened is basically—I
0: just want to give reference to people why Singapore. We were talking about is that before the conference, before this podcast started recording, we were just schmoozing, and I mentioned that I, I yeah, you know, I was a in Singapore for two years, and uh, and then Rob Pinson here said, "Whoa, I was the rabbi in Singapore before Rabbi Abrajal, who's the rabbi there now, who I was working with." Uh, so, as anyways, there's a connection. So, you when you were in Singapore.
1: Yes, yeah. We are in Singapore. We were in luchos. There was no rabbi there at that time, and um, the community um, asked me to become the rabbi. They they wanted to hire me as their rabbi. I was still
0: I was not married yet. Jacob Ballas, um, that's the story. Came over to you. But, gave you an offer you can't refuse.
1: I was very close to Jacob Ballas. Yeah, we were very close to Jacob Ballas. All right, and. Um, there was all there Frankel about all the guys, all the Frank, there. yeah, sure and they all.: yeah. yeah, Benjamin, they offered me a the, the position of very, actually a very high salary.
0: Wow, and as a single um, man, they would have they hired you as a single person.
1: Yes, I was single, and I wasn't even smarty, which was a big uh, thing for them because right. they wanted a. Sp- so I told them I can't do it.' I wasn't interested wasn't in becoming a rabbi, certainly of a community. so um, they told me do you have anyone else? I called my brother-in-law. Frymunch. I said, is anyone in your class Svartic that's looking for a position to be a rabbi? And he said, yes, he has a friend of his, uh, Abizhel, Rabbi Rabbi Abizal. And that's how he got the job. Um, wow. So, But the story of the of what happened is, when I was there, so we were there for a few months, and I was giving regular, you know, shurim of, you know, aloha and gemara, the people were not really Connect so much, they were interested, but they weren't really connecting, and at that point, there was a few people there was a few group of people that were into like Kabbalah, a few that were Iraqi Jews, and then maybe you can give a a sheer a class on Gilgulim, a reincarnation. Now, what do I know about reincarnation? I mean there's a few my mom I'm going to speak a little about reincarnation, but I don't really know the topic, <laughs> so I said, you know yeah, sure, no problem and um I took the, uh, uh, I found the, whatever, I got, I got, I got, I got the safer of Shahar Gugulum from Chaim and And uh, I basically thought I knew what I was teaching. And I gave them basic some, some ideas from this, from this book, from this book of Chaim about the And the, uh, and after the summer, when I, when I finished, I realized I, I, that's not, that's not okay. What I did was not, was not really what the reincarnation, I didn't really give it over properly. So I sat with, for the first time, I sat with the Shari and the of Chai And I sat with it for like three months. And there was no commentary at the time. There was something called Bnei or whatever. There was one, one commentary in the Sefer. I sat with a pen and paper and I started like trying to figure out, is there a system? Like what I writes in this Akadama, what I rewrites in this Akadama, and then wrote it out on pages in pages and different charts to figure out exactly how this works. And um and when I finished, it was like 100 pages of just notes and uh, ideas. And I said, okay, let me just turn it into a book already and f- flesh it out. And that's the first book that I wrote from that.
0: Whoa, that's amazing. That's amazing. And there you go. That, that, that ties into like what you're working so on, and what you're right. interested on. So that's that's interesting. Happened. Wow. So thanks to the Singapore community. As yeah. far you ha- we have this first book. And perhaps what, what led you to continue doing what you're doing now. Exactly. You know? exactly. Wow. Shout out to the Singapore community out there. Um we love you. of you. So that's wow, it's, it's amazing that that how we don't know what the next piece of the puzzle will be, like going to Singapore, being asked. Um correct. And what will lead. So back then you said you didn't want to necessarily be a rabbi. Today you are a rabbi. What changed that you decided to reconsider and, and step into this role?
1: No, I didn't want to be a pulpit rabbi. I didn't want to be a pulpit
0: rabbi. Which is,
1: I didn't want to be, I didn't want to work for anybody and be hired by, a, you know, a community and to give speeches and visit, you know, all day jobs. I, that's not, it's not, it would be not, it's not for me. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to teach. I, I wanted to teach people. So the rabbinate became like part of the teaching, but really essentially it's all built around teaching which is like more the old school of what a, what a rabbi
0: was. Got it. Wow. Got it. Okay. Wow. Well, with, um, with a little bit more time here, I wanted to um, just to ask you, uh, there were two things that we left open-ended, which was, one was, yeah. what was your process like going back to your process of writing? What was your, pro- what's your process like when it comes to like, is it during the day in the morning, do you have certain sort of, no. amount of hours?
1: I have a certain amount of time that I, that i that i want i try to write like three four hours every day so it's generally towards the morning time towards towards the the afternoon that's like i generally try to keep the schedule that way and um if i don't write then i have like also a certain amount of words that i have to write every day in my own head it depends what i'm writing so it depends how much words i can write so I always have to fulfill that. So if, that, if I didn't fill out throughout the day, I'll be up at night uh, complaining it. Um, so I'm very strict about that, about writing every single day. Um, as I'm strict with certain types of things that I learn every single day. I, I learn certain things every single day. Very, very Specific
0: topics, specific, so specific books? To
1: no, yeah, like I'll have to like, I learn Gemara every day. I learn Rambam every day. I mean, Chitas, I mean, that's these. but I have other things that I learn every single day. Pieces of Zoyer from that I read. I have like a certain things that I have to learn every single day. So like that, I keep constantly keep um,
0: engaged. Yeah. Wow. There's there's a whole... Does that make any of, sense? Yeah, totally. It sort of sounds like, you, you know, routine. So people wake up in the morning, they have a smoothie and I think a cold shower and you have your routine of you know, Chitas Rambam, and a big dose of Kabbalah. And nigla,
1: I learned a lot of nigla, by the way.
0: And nigla, right? You did mention that you did did, yes. did enjoy nigla. I wonder if you yes. had, if you got some. Smack by the way, I have Nira a but... smoothie
1: also every day,
0: just to tell you. You do? Oh, oh. Uh-huh. What's the Rob smoothie? If we may ask, not so personal.
1: I can tell you. I'll tell you why. I have. I've been, i I drink a smoothie every day for the last fifteen years, twenty years almost. That's my. That's the only thing I eat till supper every single day. Wow! And yeah, I'm really that because I have a, There's certain things I need to eat. There's certain things and certain type of vegetables and fruits are good for me. And I've been doing this like religiously for the last 20 years.
0: That's so interesting. So it's more from a from a physical body, like what you can't yeah. can not eat, or okay,
1: yeah. It also has like spiritual undertones, but uh, but
0: yeah. yeah, it's it's a physical thing. Wow. wow. Okay, there you go. You heard it here, you know, friends. Uh, yes. Smoothie, diet. smoothie in the morning and the dinner at night. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Interesting. I I wonder if there was a connection to some sort of fasting to like, to like, you know, starving the... the, the... There's always that element as well. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's... Right. Kabbalah, people are fascinated by Kabbalah. At least I am now, but I'm still having, you know, I'm still waiting until I'm 40 yeah. in a couple of years um i don't know is, hey, is that a yeah. real
1: thing is that a myth is that a myth Mythbusters here is that a myth no it's not a myth it comes from the taz it was, but it has to do with after after shabtai that that debacle that happened so a lot of them yeah. a lot of rabbis said you should learn Kabbalah to 40. but that's uh that's been dismissed by other great sages so you could learn i mean if you learn chassidus that's
0: it you're learning a version of Kabbalah also hmm. right but I mean, there's there's a whole I mean there's a wealth of knowledge I'm sure I mean the more you do learn, there's it's infinity. Yeah. Um But with Kabbalah, I mean what's beautiful about citizens is that it's very a you know like a layman like myself I could just understand it, and there's it's a lot a lot of practical applications. I wonder is there is there a reason or is is there something to say about learning Kabbalah just for Kabbalah's sake or or is or are there always always ways to draw it down? I mean I love your books. There's a lot of Kabbalah in it, and there's especially with your books around the months. I feel like I'm like getting a peek behind the, iron, you know, behind the iron curtain, but behind a curtain of sorts, right. and yet it's very practical.
1: No, Kabbalah, the, the whole, the whole, you know, the whole Torah is a The whole teaching is a deeper, the inner teaching of the Torah. <laughs> let's say, we we'll let's use an example of the Ari's teaching, which is like the very the teachings of the Ari's on uh, on a very deep level is a mashal, is a metaphor, and chassidus is the is the nimshul, is the interpretation. An interpretation of that metaphor is how it relates to our consciousness, how it relates to the nefeshad and how it relates to the person's development. So there's actually a, a letter from the Baha'tani Al-Turaba writes, in the in of the Epistle of 25, he writes, that one of the things that he does in this world, one of his main thing is that he wants to, what he's doing is he's 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 teaching the Mashal of the Arizal and the Nimshal of the Bal which is the metaphor of the, the Arizal in the interpretation of the Malshantuv, which means how do you take everything that you learn, all these Kabbalistic structures, and how they actually are relevant to your own development, your own life, your own spiritual involvement. And that's, that's, that's the way we have to learn Torah in general. Um, all, of Torah. all of Torah speaks, speaks, speaks on, on multiple levels and speaks on the level of time and space and on the consciousness. So you can read it as something that like exists in the world of time or it's this world of space or conceptual space, but always you have to think about how this you can draw down into your into the level of consciousness, which becomes it becomes transformative, and not just information, but but access to transformation. And that's the idea really to to understand. If you really want to understand Kabbalah, you cannot cannot understand Kabbalah without consciousness. Uh, you cannot really understand what these what these structures mean if you don't have a way to implement them and to translate them into your own personal life and own personal development. Hmm. So it's important to understand that these are it's a Torah achas it's one it's one it's one Torah and they're speaking at different multiple levels of existence sure and, and the artist to draw all these things together including Gemara yeah. and Madrashim and Paskim and, and all that and how to create this one tapestry that becomes transformational.
0: So if someone wants to delve into the world of Kabbalah, where is a good place to start?
1: Okay, so if you're familiar with with uh, Hebrew, and that's like you have, you have a certain level of comfortability, and you're a little familiar generally with Jewish text. Then I would say there's a certain regimen of books that you read. It starts usually with Sharia Ora, with Yosef Gikatilla, that's like a 14th, 13th, 1300th, 14th century scholar, Spanish scholar. It's like a essential text. There's uh Ramun and, and there's a book by Yosef Igras. These are like texts that you can read. But I would say today, um, Desire is probably the easiest way because it's it's translated a lot of times. There's a lot, a lot of translations. Um, I would suggest that you learn with a teacher because a lot of things that you're going to read, you're not going to have access to an understanding. So I would suggest that you have it with a teacher. But desire is definitely uh, uh, accessible in a way, an accessible text.
0: Wow. Um, Do you offer um, this to, uh... a practice
1: by uh, you know by
0: do you offer uh Zara? Do Zara, I offer Zara, Zara classes? Yes.
1: Um I used to. Uh not not today.
0: Okay. When I yes. was
1: yeah. There were times that I would give a share on Zoya, yes. Not not presently.
0: Got it. Okay. All right. Well, this continued for now, but we you know when when you do, if those uh who are interested, they could. Stay tuned, stay tuned. How about that? Um, Mm -hmm. Rapidson, is there anything that you're working on now? Anything you want to share? Um, How can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you're up to, your next books, your classes, your events? Yeah, these are very, very good questions. Very good questions. Um,
1: uh, so I guess you can go, there's a website, IYYUN dot to get in contact with me and to see events and classes. I guess that's the easiest way. And the general books, you can just go, I think, go to any good Jewish bookstore, you just go to Amazon, just put in my name and you'll find all the books. And, Great. Um... And if you really want
0: to connect with me, I'm sure you'll find a way.
1: <laughs> awesome. You found
0: a way. There Indeed. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. When I, when I lock my, lock my mind to something, I go for yeah, it. Yeah. It works. Any, uh, any last <laughs> thoughts for, um, yeah. To, any last thoughts, anything that I didn't ask that you want to share before we close up this uh, podcast?
1: No, I don't have any uh, particular things that I want to say, but I just want to say whatever you're doing, do it fully. And then, uh, and then you'll be connected. Whatever you do in this world, is do it deeper. Let's take it one step deeper,
0: you'll be connected. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast episode with Rob Pinson. Raph Pinson, thank you for making the time and staying down with me. It was uh, a really great, a great pleasure to chat with you and to get to know you a bit more and to hear your perspectives on the various topics. And dear listener, please take the time, if you can, to go ahead and check out Ruff Pinson's uh, different books. You can be found on Amazon and uh, and see what uh, Ruff Pinson is up to. It's, it's really quite amazing. And of course, if you did enjoy this podcast episode and you want to stay tuned with the many more that are coming out, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast, The Great Day Podcast. Wouldn't exist without you. Well, it may exist. Um, and I, and I do enjoy making these, but it's always nice to be, um, to hear from you and to know that it's having an impact out in the world. So thank you for being here. Subscribe, like, give a comment, reach out to me on social media as well at Mayor K. Uh, until next time, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor K and have a great day.